In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Service podcast. Due to the awful virus that is ravaging our country and our state and puts so many people at risk, we have chosen to continue suspension of in-person worship services uh, until it is prudent and loving to do so. In these dark times, we often tend to not think of, of the good things. Uh, sometimes we, we tend to focus on what's going wrong in the world, but then we remember a little three-letter word called joy. And joy is something that has sustained God's people from the very beginning. Joy is not a, a temporary happiness. It isn't something that's brought on easily. It's not something that comes from uh, a substance or from so-called retail therapy or filling up your card on Amazon.com. But rather, joy comes from knowing that Jesus is Lord and that the, the darkness that we sometimes see swirling in the world, the evil powers that sometimes seem to have taken hold of our world, it comes from knowing that those aren't the last say, that Jesus is what God has to say about where the world is going and who is in control. And so joy compels us to not just look on the bright side of life, but to look at the good things that God is doing in our midst now and the bright future that we have to look forward to. And so this morning as we worship, I, I hope we would worship with joy. I hope that as we keep in touch with our brothers and sisters in Christ, whether it's through texting, phone calls, emails, that we would do so with joy, and that we would remember that whenever things seem dark, that Jesus is Lord, and that can give us great joy. A couple of notes for you this morning. Um, we do have uh, a, a second podcast out today. It's a two-podcast morning, if you will. Usually on the second Sunday of the month, we pray for, we stop in worship to pray for our country. And this is something that we're told to do in the Bible, um, especially in the book of 1 Timothy. Paul says that we need to be praying for kings. And so we, we have a, podcast, a separate podcast out this morning called A Prayer for Our Country. And you can listen to that uh, either after the worship service or you can listen to it at another time this week. And it is a way to pray for our country and a model to help you pray for our country uh, for the rest of the month. And so you can listen in for that. Also, as I've mentioned a few times in the past few weeks, if you're aware of anybody who could use encouragement uh, by receiving a CD of our podcast, especially if they aren't able to listen through the, the streaming means on the internet, um, please let us know at baptist.church at comcast.net and we would be happy to get uh, CDs of our worship services out to those people. We hope and pray that you are well. We hope and pray that you are encouraged and lifted up. And if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling discouraged, if you feel as if 
uh, there's no hope in this world. We do pray that you would turn to Jesus, but you, we also pray that you would get in touch with the church or with a, a brother and sis, or sister in Christ so that we can be an encouragement to you, that we can reach out to you and share the love of Jesus with you. Hear the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 4, verses 25 through 27, and 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 24. Jesus said, Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the heavens were closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. So Elijah went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? And bring me a bite of bread, too, please? But the widow said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said. But make a little bread for me first, then use what's left over to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? But Elijah replied, Give me your son. Elijah took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying, and laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord, my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the life of the child returned revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, your son is alive. Then the woman told Elijah, Now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Mm -hmm. 
Dear Lord, you speak words of promise, and we answer. A thousand times we answer in a thousand tongues. We answer in hymns of praise. We answer in songs of thanksgiving. We answer in lyrics of gladness. We answer in candor about hurt. We answer in abrasive anger. We answer in deep abandonment. We answer and draw close to you, and in answering we are changed, given freedom, come to truth, bound in obedience. We answer and are yours, all yours, not our own, yours, and glad that we belong to you, our faithful Savior. Lord, there is heat on the way for our area. And we know there are some people who will not be able to find a cool place to be. And Lord, I ask that you would send someone to check up on them to make sure that they're okay. And Lord, we still know that there are people who are in financial difficulty because they have not yet found another job or their business has not yet been able to produce the amount of money that they need to live on. And Lord, they're frustrated. They don't know exactly what they need to be doing. And Lord, I ask that they would put their faith and trust in you and they would uh, rely on you to lead them in a path and that they would follow your, your leading, Lord. And Lord, I pray that we're able to cling to the joy of the Lord as our strength. Let our own worship be filled with um, joy as we praise your holy name. Also pray for the residents of Beirut. And I pray for the emergency workers who are still helping them to clean up after the disaster that has befallen them. And Lord, I pray for our missionaries, Dan and Sarah Chetty. And I ask that you give them the strength and the courage and that they show the love of Jesus to those that they are helping. In our own congregation, Lord, I pray for Willie Coons as his rehab is continuing. I ask that he keeps on improving and soon he'll be able to leave the care center and be able to be home with his family. Lord, I also pray for John Millicent, who is having some difficulty with some medical conditions. And Lord, I ask that the new medications that he is taking, that they will be adjusted and he will get the help that he needs. I pray for both he and Marilyn as they're in this together. And I ask that you give them encouragement And Lord, there are others in our congregation who have prayer requests. You know what they are, Lord. And I ask that you be with them and that they would put their faith and trust in you and they would look to you for a solution as to whatever the problem is. And Lord, I pray for our young church. Young people have prayer requests. These are uncertain times for them and I'm so glad that they have this um, the young church that they can plug into 
and they can uh, they can um, reach someone who can help them with some difficulty that they may have. Be with Melissa and Sherry and Ashley as a minister to these young people. And Lord, I pray for the people that live in our immediate neighborhood here. And I ask that you be with them. Many of them have prayer requests. And I lift those requests up to you, Lord. You know what they are. And you'll be there to help them. They just need to put their faith and trust in you and follow the leading as the Holy Spirit leads them. And Lord, as our frustrations grow with what is happening around us, let us remember the words you gave to Joshua when he was overwhelmed by many circumstances. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be with our pastor today as he brings us the message. Open our hearts and ears to receive the words that you have given um, him to speak to us. And Lord, I bless, this, I bless this podcast as it goes out over the electronic airways and that everyone who listens to it will be blessed. And in your precious name, I lift up these requests to you. Amen. Just happen, silent prayers.
prayers get answered, broken hearts become brand new. That's what faith can do, overcome the odds when you don't have a chance. When the world says you can't, it'll tell you that you can. I've seen dreams that move the mountains, hope that doesn't ever end, even when the sky is falling. I've seen miracles just happen, silent prayers get answered, broken hearts become brand what faith can do that's what faith can do even if you fall sometimes you'll have the strength to rise our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Matthew Chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Again, this is Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. And I will be reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped before him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great, your request is granted, and her daughter was instantly healed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever gone to the store for one thing and left with much more than you bargained for? Well, I couldn't, I know this has happened to me. Um, Katie can tell you that it has happened to me before, but. I couldn't think of a really great specific instance, so I put it up on my Facebook page, and I asked my, my Facebook friends uh, to, to come in with some of their stories, and here are just a few of them. Um, the first one comes from our director of worship and youth, Melissa Mellinger. We went to a cat shelter looking for an adult, calm, white cat. <clears throat> We came home with a black kitten that drew my attention when she escaped the room she was in and then climbed into my purse once I caught her. So there's one. Uh, another fellow wrote in, about a year after we got married, we went to a furniture store to shop for lamps to go in our living room. We walked out with a refrigerator and dishwasher and no lamps. <laughs> 
Uh, continuing on the furniture theme, my husband and I went to shop for end tables, came home with end tables, coffee table, new bedroom suit with box springs and mattresses. That was a little expensive for two items. Uh, one other one. Uh, one time in seventh grade, my sister and I went to Walmart with our mom for, with our mom with the intention of just getting milk, and we ended up with cell phones and a Verizon plan for all of us. Most expensive gallon of milk ever. Uh, but maybe one that takes the cake. I went to Target once for formula. There was a big summer, big end of summer sale, and I ended up buying an, an inflatable four-foot-deep, 15-foot-round pool, pool noodles, floaties, and goggles for the kids. Almost $200 later and a full car, I called my husband to tell him about the deal, and he said, our son is, hurt. Our son is hungry, hurry up with the formula. Ah, crud, back to the store. <laughs> I, I think we all have this experience of, of going to a store with the intentions of getting one thing and, and completely forgetting uh, that one thing and end up going home with many other things, whether we remember to get the first thing or not. And it's to that end, the, the reason I, I bring up all of these stories is we have a curious comment from Jesus this morning. Now, we're, we're not used to seeing this from Jesus. It, it's an unusual story in the Gospels. Because here is somebody who has come to Jesus for help, and Jesus starts to give this woman the brush off. And he says, I was sent only to help God's sheep, lost sheep, the people of Israel. And it's a curious comment because there have been other people that Jesus has helped. We can think of loads of stories in all four Gospels where Jesus has helped people. And this time, he, he doesn't offer it quite so willingly and, and instead offers this, this phrase that's somewhat mysterious to us. And so before we go any farther this morning, I want to unpack this phrase a little bit because he says he has come for God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Long before Jesus walked the earth as a physical, corporeal human who was born of, of woman and grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, long before this was Abraham. And God called out to Abraham and promised Abraham that he would make Abraham, Abram at that point, a mighty nation. And that through this nation, all the other people of the world would be blessed. So here we have God establishing what we would, know, we would come to know in the Old Testament as the Israelites. And, and the Israelites were supposed to be a group of people through whom God poured out his blessings so that they could share those blessings with the world. That, that they could not just, the world wouldn't just see who God is, 
but how God wants people to live. That was the purpose of God blessing Abram, Abraham, and the Israelites. And God shows this blessing through by delivering the Israelites from a famine in the time of Joseph into Egypt. And then once the Egyptians turned on the Israelites, God delivers the Israelites from Egypt and back into a land that that they could could call their own. Eventually, once they got through the grumbling and the complaining and the wandering in the desert, this is what happened. So Jesus, when he says this, we have to remember that Jesus first and foremost was Jewish. That his background is this story. This is the narrative that Jesus comes out of. And if we don't realize that, not just in this story, but in the entirety of the Gospels, we miss out on a lot that Jesus is is saying and doing. So Jesus has come for the lost sheep of Israel, but to fulfill that promise it also has to be redemption for the whole world. Now, this is going to come in the future through Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, that the promise will not just be fulfilled to Israel, but that the whole world will know the salvation of God. So when we, when we see Jesus in this situation, and Jesus is saying things like this, it's not that he's necessarily being abrasive or or rude, but he's making a statement of what he came to do. Because here has come this woman. Jesus has left, he's just had an altercation with the Pharisees from Jerusalem, and it's gotten a little testy. Jesus has been particularly blunt with them. This is what happened just before the passage that we read today. And so he decides to leave. And he goes north into the land of Tyre and Sidon, which was, which was north of, of Israel, or of the Roman province of Palestine, which is where the, the action of the Gospels takes place. He goes north to rest, to retreat. Uh, We find out in the book of Mark, uh, the same story is told in the book of Mark, and Mark adds the detail that that he had gone to a house and hoped that no one would find him there, and this woman did. So this woman comes up to Jesus with a bold request, and she interrupts his rest because she needs help for her child. Now, if you were paying attention to the creative scripture reading a few minutes ago, you'll see some shades and similarities here to that story. Because in that story, Elijah runs into a woman in the same region, in the same area, 
who has come to the end of her supplies of food and has enough for one last meal for her and her son. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be much of a meal, but they're going to eat it and die. And through Elijah, God brings deliverance to this woman who is not part of the the people of Israel. She is not one of the, quote, children of Abraham. She's a Gentile. She's a foreigner. She is outside of what was considered to be God's family. But Elijah nonetheless gives her the opportunity to have faith and receive deliverance. The disciples in this story, as this woman comes up, they're a little agitated. They're they're not really pleased with with the, uh, the approach this woman has made. And you see this a couple of other times. Uh, John chapter 4, they, they come back from trying to go get food and they find Jesus at the well talking with a Samaritan woman. And they're flabbergasted as to why Jesus would be talking to this Samaritan woman at a well. Well, the disciples, as, as they, they sometimes do, they... They let their mouths lead, and then their, their brains seem to follow. And so they, they implore Jesus to deal with her so that they can go back to whatever it was they were doing. And depending on how you read their, their language of, tell her to go away, it can be translated as tell her to go away or give her what she wants so that we don't have to deal with this anymore. But in the course of this story, we see a woman who won't give up. She has faith that Jesus can do this, and she won't give up until, she, until Jesus has. See, great faith is also bold faith. And Bold is a word that gets kind of beaten around sometimes. Whenever we hear the word bold, uh, you might be watching a, a commercial for a restaurant, and it says, come taste the bold flavors of our new barbecue burger. Well, those are, that, that's one way to use the word bold. But another way to use the word bold is to simply mean out there is simply to mean upfront. Bold sometimes gets used in a way that means arrogant, and sometimes we think arrogance turns into pride, but that isn't necessarily so. As we watch the great faith of this woman come out in boldness, She's not anticipating that Jesus will do this because of who she is. She's asking Jesus to do this because of who he is. And her great faith in Jesus leads her to boldness. And her boldness 
leads Jesus to heal her daughter. The woman has the boldness of faith to cross social boundaries. Jesus was Jewish, his disciples were Jewish, the woman was a Gentile. Jews and Gentiles didn't associate with each other if they didn't have to. They were two separate people groups. And so as the, as the woman approaches Jesus, just for, for her as a Gentile to be approaching a Jew is bold. It's upfront. Furthermore, at that point in that culture, a woman would not openly address a man the way that this woman has addressed Jesus. It just didn't happen. If you were a woman and you needed something, it was kind of supposed to go through your husband. But here this woman is, no husband in sight, and she is out here with Jesus. And also the fact that her daughter has a demon means that she is unclean and her daughter is unclean and her house is unclean. And now she's brought her uncleanliness in the eyes of the law to Jesus. Bold faith has to cross all of the other boundaries we, we know and are comfortable with. Because if bold, if great faith, if bold faith can't cross these boundaries, then what we're saying is we don't have the faith that God can work through any boundary that the world sets up. If we have faith that God can cross the world's boundaries, then we are acknowledging the reality of the greatness of our God. We are acknowledging the fullness of who Jesus is. And this woman has gotten it. She gets it. Because she's not afraid. She's a Gentile who calls Jesus by the name, O Lord, Son of David. This is an acknowledgement of who Jesus is long before he's been revealed to the world as the son of David. This is long before his crucifixion and his resurrection, before we fully realize who Jesus is. But she has the boldness to address it. There are lots of people in our world that are on the other side of artificial barriers that the, the world has put up or that, sadly, we as followers of Jesus put up sometimes. We, we like things to be neat and tidy and comfortable. We like things to be cut and dry, black and white. We like things to to be in a way that is ordered and makes sense to us. But there are some people who just disrupt our order 
There are some people who, who come into our, our churches or they come into our lives and maybe they, they don't fit our societal expectations. Maybe they don't fit our cultural expectations. Maybe they don't fit our racial expectations or our gender expectations. But they have the boldness of faith or they have the desperate longing for Jesus. And so they come looking for what can heal them and what can make them whole and what can truly give them hope in this world. This woman has the boldness to fall at the feet of Jesus. This is two weeks in a row now. We have somebody who is throwing themselves at Jesus' feet. And if you've ever had to desperately beg for something, you know it's not easy. You know that, it, that it's, it's not always easy to ask for help. And we, we, we get into this trap sometimes where, where we think, you know, oh, I could, really need, I could really use some help. But I want to make sure, you know, I don't want to take up something that somebody else is going to use. I don't want to, uh, to take something that somebody else might need. And so I'm going to do without that thing. And underneath that attitude is pride. Because to ask for somebody admit, means admitting that you're lacking. And in our world that values strength, that values power, that values having it all together, we don't want to be found lacking. And so we hesitate to ask, but not this woman. This woman loves her daughter. She cares about her daughter. She knows that her daughter needs to be healed of this demon and so she throws herself at Jesus' feet. When Jesus initially gives her that, that answer that's peculiar, that might be slightly abrasive, she's persistent enough and bold enough to humble herself and throw herself at Jesus' feet. Because she knows that he's the only person in this world, who can help her. And Jesus does help her because of the boldness of her confession. Because Jesus challenges her. And, and commentators, people who have, have studied this in the Greek and studied the social background of all of this, there's, there's lots of different opinions as to, to kind of what's going on here. <clears throat> but one is that Jesus responds to her as is expected, as the disciples would expect him to respond to her, so that when eventually he does bring healing, it's a remarkable story. And we have to trust that Jesus knows what, what Jesus is doing, and so he says, is it right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs? Well, dogs was a common insult for Gentiles at that point from, from Jewish lips. 
and it, it put them as, as less than human. But the woman doesn't flinch. Because she rightfully points out, and, if, and as anyone who, who has a dog knows, <laughs> the, the dogs will eat anything that falls off the table, food or otherwise. But she says, even your scraps are better than nothing. She recognizes that even the, the cast-offs that Jesus could offer her are more than enough. She doesn't have faith in who she is. She has faith in who Jesus is. And Jesus says, dear woman, not just woman, not just you. He says, dear woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted. In other translations, your daughter is healed. And when we think about what Jesus says to her, your faith is great. It is the only time in the book of Matthew that Jesus tells someone, your faith is great. A few chapters earlier, he tells a Roman centurion that there is faith, there is not faith like yours anywhere else in Israel. And he tells this woman, your faith is great. Because this woman has faith in Jesus. This, has, this woman has faith in a God who can deliver her and her daughter. This woman has the same faith as the widow of Zarephath, who trusted her life and her son's life to Elijah and the living God, not once but twice. And for everything else that goes on this, in this story, for all of the, the cultural background that we can parse out, for all of the social background that we can parse out, for all of the, the turns of phrase that happen here, We can't ignore the fact that Jesus sees great faith and acknowledges it. Sometimes it takes great faith for us to reach out to Jesus. Sometimes it takes bold faith for us to reach out to Jesus. And sometimes we might be afraid to have that great faith or that bold faith and express that because we're afraid of getting let down. Because I think we've all prayed for things and hoped for things that just haven't panned out. We've all prayed for people who are on death's door only to find them walk through the door. We've all prayed for people who have desperately needed to be healed and who continue to be sick. And so we get afraid sometimes that our boldness will lead to embarrassment. But if we believe that Jesus is Lord, if we can confess 
that Jesus is the son of David, the son of the living God, the living Messiah and Savior like this woman does, then what we find is that it may not be in this life, it might be in the world to come, but great faith does not go ignored by Jesus. We look at this story now in light of the resurrection. And when Jesus said this, he had not yet been crucified. Though in the next chapter, he sets out, he predicts his death and sets out for Jerusalem. And so the time had not yet come when when this woman would be invited to the table. But the beauty of this story is looking at the woman's boldness and love for her daughter, is looking at the woman's great faith in Jesus, but also knowing that Jesus makes space at the table for those who have faith. That Jew or Gentile, slave or free, man or woman, black or white, that at Jesus' table, faith is what matters and not any of the rest of that. That we eat together at this table When I was growing up and my aunt and uncle and their three kids would come over to my grandma's house, I, even if I had not yet been told that they were coming over, I knew that they were coming over because mom and grandma would pull the table apart, put the leaves in the table, and push it back together. The table was getting made bigger so that more people could sit down and eat. It takes great faith to come to the table. But once we come to the table, we don't find the scraps. We find the full meal. Believed my chains are gone. 
free my god my savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace the lord has promised good to me his word my hope secures he will my shield and portion be as long as life endures my chains are gone i've been set free my god my savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace my chains are gone i've been set free my god my savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace the earth shall soon dissolve like snow the sun forbear to shine but god who called me here below will be forever mine will be forever mine you are forever We've come now to the Lord's table, and if you are listening to this podcast on Sunday, August 16th, 2020, before 11.30 a.m. Pacific time, and would like to join us on Zoom for communion, you can email baptist.church at comcast.net, and we will send you the Zoom link. Also note that the Zoom link is different for August. We've had one that we used for from March to July, and then the one for August is different, and then we'll let you know about September. Um, but if you need the Zoom link uh, before, again, 11.30 a.m. Pacific on Sunday, August 16th, please let us know. If you are not able to join us on Zoom, then we invite you to celebrate the Lord's table with us uh, at the, right now. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come to this table you who have much faith and you who would like to have more. You who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time. 
You have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. We proclaim to you a mystery. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is coming again. Let us pray. Loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and cup to offer, which has come forth from the earth and which human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now, made one in Christ and one with each other. We offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remembrance, in remembrance of me. Looking back on what Christ did for us on the cross, take and eat this bread. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Looking back at the cross in light of the resurrection and looking forward to when we will drink this around the table with Jesus, take and drink this cup. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you have given your only Son to be for us a sacrifice for sin and also an example of godly life. Give us grace daily to receive thankfully the fruits of his redeeming work and to follow daily in the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We thank you for joining us for worship this morning. We pray that as God's word was proclaimed through prayer, through song, through sermon, through creative scripture reading, that your heart was warmed, that you were lifted up and encouraged, but that you were able to discern the real presence of Jesus in your midst. Because Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you need encouragement in fighting off loneliness or discouragement, please reach out to us because we would love to be the hands and feet and love of Jesus in your life.
I'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our Director of Worship and Youth, uh, for music today. I'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, for praying for us this morning. I'd like to thank Katie Witham and all of the other uh, First Baptist of Oregon City creative scripture readers uh, for bringing scripture to life in a new way. And I'd like to thank Gary and Doreen Hunley for serving as our audio engineers. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands.